This is a Yehudi Feldman beginning chapter 13. Uh, those of you who have current Tanakhs may think that there's a break between chapter 12 and 13, but actually there is none. This is simply a uh, misprint of some kind in the current Tanakh. The actual break is between chapter 13 and 14, and uh, the Leningrad Codex facsimiles made that clear. So we're just going to proceed. I'm assuming the listeners have already heard what I said on chapter 11 and 12 because I'm going to continue with these ideas in chapter 13. An important theme in the background of chapter 13 is the Eitz Hada Tovarah and the Eitz Hachayim. It's apparent from the Mishalim that we're going to be reading that, you know, Sefer Mishle in this chapter is sort of fronting the various uh, themes that come from the uh, story of the Esadat and Etachayim, and we'll point this out as we go along. Bein Chacham Musar of Veleitz Lo Shamagara. There's an ellipsis here. The understanding from the second colon is that Bein Chacham Shomea Musarav obeys what the father tells him. The lates, the scoffing type of son, does not, even when the father directly scolds him. For example, an example of a father directly scolding a son in Tanakh is Yaakov scolding Yosef for boasting about his dream to his brothers. It says, You know, after that, Yosef never goes around talking about any dream. He interprets other people's, but you never hear once about another dream that he has. He proceeds to actualize them rather than talk about them. Me pre pi chamas. As I pointed out in the last chapter, nefesh here means appetite and what and desire. So that me pre ish this again is referring to the pre esadat yochal. Okay, in other words, the 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 person who basically says the right thing ends up enjoying the consequences of having said the right thing. But the appetite of the wicked is only to do the wrong thing, only to do Hamas. He who keeps his mouth shut keeps, him, keeps himself alive. Now again, nefesh here, of course, means the person as a whole. Um, but of course, the nutritionist might say the person who keeps their mouth closed keeps their health, doesn't eat too much. Posex fatav, the person who opens their mouth all the time, uh, it's a trap to them. Nutritionist, obese. Metaphor, the person who's always talking is going to end up finding themselves falling into a trap. Metaveh, ayin, Again, you have to turn the words around a little bit, and what the force of this is to say that the atzel, the lazy person, pretty much a creation of Mishlei, no other Sefer Tanakh mentions the word atzel except once in Kohelet. In general, Mishlei seems to have the idea that people can be poor because they're lazy. 
And uh, Tanakh as a whole, people are usually poor because they are oppressed. So the, per- the lazy person in Mishle is mitavevayin, who desires something but can't have it. Whereas the charutz, who's the opposite of the Yatsiel, the person who works hard, his appetite ends up, he eats the best food. Dushan, oil. Dushan is like, you know, the very, you know, Dishanta Bashem and Roshi. A righteous person hates to even listen to a lie, not to speak. To say one. And if he hears one, or she hears one, she turns away. She doesn't want to have anything to do with the person who's saying the lies. Whereas the wicked person proclaims them and shames people and themselves by proclaiming them. Right here, tzedakah means ma'asei tzedakah. Again, an ellipsis. Word is missing, but it's understood. So people who act righteously, the righteous acts they do will watch over them. Tamderech is the person who does the tzedakah. And, but chatat is the opposite. Chatat here does not mean a karban chatat. Chatat means here something like chataim, according to Rashi and others. It basically means that the people who do wickedness end up being caught in the wickedness they do. JPS has it very well. Wickedness subverts the sex. Yesh mit asher ve'enko mit roshesh v'hon rav. There are people who make themselves look like they're rich and they don't have a, a, a thing to speak of. And then there are people who make themselves look poor when they happen to have a great deal of wealth. We all know that such things exist. The Midrash, of course, you know, uses this kind of metaphor to talk about people who act like if they have a lot of Torah learning and they really don't have, and other people who do really do have, but they don't basically go around proclaiming it. Kofer nefesh ish ashro, v'rosh lo shama ge'ara. Remember at the beginning we had about Shama. Uh, again, the the idea here is that a person who's rich, a person who's wealthy, is a target for kidnapping. A poor person doesn't have to worry about being held up and having their child kidnapped or, you know, being told your money or your life they don't have any money. You never hear about children being kidnapped from people who are poor, but the rich people are always targets. And so the end result of that is that basically rich people have to have guards and gated cities and God only knows what else in order to basically, uh, you know, ransom themselves when the time comes. Or Sadiqim Yismach Vener Rishraim Yedach Varis Mepharshim have proposed that Yismach should be read as if it said Yitzmach. Not absolutely necessary because it could also be read Or Simcha, meaning that the light shines on the righteous and makes them radiant. But the wicked, even if they have a small amount of light, like a candle, it goes out. Rak bezadon yitain matzah v'yet noatzim chachma. 
people deliberately start quarrels, and a quarrel is more likely to be started by someone who's trying to start one, despite the fact that sometimes misunderstandings lead to quarrels. It's, it's much more likely that quarrels come because people say things that they know are going to provoke a quarrel. So a wise person doesn't talk until they've thought about it, have asked other people for advice, and then presents their opinion in a situation where there might, you know, a quarrel might arise as a result of presenting it. I think Mehevo should have the letters turned around. So what we have here is called a metathesis, like Keves and Kesev, or Anaka, Mi'aka. I think Mehevo means Mivohal, a person who, easy come, easy go. A person who basically gets their money very quickly, doesn't care too much about whether, you know, it goes very quickly too. But a person who, you know, gets it a little by little, it's precious to them, and they're not so quick to spend it. Of course, Midrashic interpretations understand this to mean that a person learning Torah should do a little bit of a time rather than try to grab a great deal at one time. It's better to learn Torah every single day a little than to learn Torah a great deal all one day and not to learn every single day of the week. It's also better to give tzedakah one dollar a thousand times than a thousand dollars one time. So chelat memushacha machalat leiv ve'etz chayim ta'ava ba'a. A desire that is not fulfilled and continues to be a desire ends up hurting the heart and the tree of life, which is what I said at the beginning, is when a person basically realizes the desire that they've had for such a long time. Something tells me the Pasuk has in mind the idea. The Chava was thinking about eating from the Eitz Hadar long before the Rav In life, sometimes a person who basically despises and scorns the teaching, and here it's the, 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 the parak is not talking about the teaching of Hashem. In general, in Sefer Mishlei, 
the ultimate authorities are Hashem and the Melech. Later on, we're going to have a pasuk that says Yira et Hashem b'ni v'Melech. But the actual authority is either the Moreh, the teacher, or the Horeh, the parent. And when you're talking about Davar, it means the words that come out of one of those two sources. You know, the assumption in Mishlei is that a Chacham is teaching a younger person who wants to become a Chacham, wants to succeed in life, wants to do the right thing. So, Bazla Davar means Bazla Davar HaMoreh, or Bazla Davar HaHoreh, person who does not respect the things that the parents try to tell us. Echavilo, they're going to end up getting injury, you know, like HaChovel B'chavero, the eighth parak of Masecha Pavachama. Virei Mitzvah, and a person who, you know, listens and respects the command. And again, Mitzvah here does not mean Mitzvot in a sense of Taryag Mitzvot. It simply means the command of the person who has the proper authority to command. Again, it's the parent or the teacher. Who? Yeshulam. He will be rewarded. This is not an antithetic parallel. This is more of a synthetic one. In other words, the teaching of the wise person is a source of life in order to avoid the traps and the ensnares of death. So the second follows from the first rather than being antithetic to the first. Seichel told Yitain Chain, the Derech Bogdim Eitan. I'm going to interpret this pasuk as a mashal about Avigail, David, and Naval. Avigail is the only woman in the whole Tanakh who called Tova Sechel. And she was the person who managed with her Tova Sechel to change David's mind by essentially using her charm and her good sense in order to convince David who was out to basically kill everyone in her household to change his mind and not shed blood. But who's the person whose mind could not be changed? That was the Bogade, Naval. Naval has made up his mind that David is a, you know, a worthless, contemptible fellow. And even though it's very clear that David and his men have really helped out in terms of the uh, outside duties of the extended household of Naval, as the shepherds themselves say, um, Naval is simply not changing his mind. He stays like a rock, Eitan, basically like Eitan, you know, forever a rock. A wise person thinks about what they do. Like I said, the eight sadas over up. And the Kasil spreads out their their foolery, their stupidity. Today in modern Hebrew, Mifras means a sail. Ufros Alenu Sukatchlomecha. Malach Rasha Yipolbara Vitsir Emunim Marpe. The wicked messenger falls into the trap of their own wickedness and comes to harm. But the 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 reliable messenger, such as Eliezer, you know, Marpe, Marpe in Tanakh can also mean Chayim. It basically means brings back to life. Reish v'kalon porea musar v'shomer tochacha yechubar. Again, turn the words around and read it as if it says, 
Poreya Musar leads to Reish Vakalot, a person who throws themselves up against doing the right thing, ends up in poverty and in shame. But a person who is prepared to listen to reproof will end up with honor. And a person who realizes their desire, it's very, very sweet. Again, nefesh meaning appetite, desire. The Tavaksilim Sumirad does not is not antithetical, it's not synonymous, it does not work in terms of the second part of the problem. It's a it's a Pasuk Satum in that respect. The two have to be split apart. The connection between the two is not clear. But the the, the second part just means that wicked people simply cannot avoid doing evil. They simply look upon not doing evil is an abomination. They they just this is what they do. Holech et chachamim vachacham roexilim yeroa. There's a creek sieve here, but the fundamental idea is he who walks with the rise will become wise, and those people who hang out with the stupid are going to have their heads broken. The Eroa here is from the root Ra'oa, Resh, Ayin, Ayin. Of course, Midrash Mishlei makes the point that this also could be read as if you see a person who you know is wise walking with a person whom you don't know, you're going to assume the person you don't know is wise too. Because why would a wise person hang out with a stupid person? And vice versa. So watch out who you hang out with. Tov yanchil b'neivanim. Excuse me, I skipped the pasuk. Twenty-one chataim teradef ra'ah v'yetzadikim yishalem tov. Ra'ah here means the consequences of evil, not the evil. In other words, punishment, you know, misfortune pursues sinners, whereas the righteous are going to be well rewarded. And of course, the verse that ends with Tov leads to a verse that starts with Tov. Tov yanchil b'nei vanim v'safun latzadik chiel chotei. The righteous person, the good person, is going to be able to pass on what they have. And that means their goodness to their children and their grandchildren, like Avram does to Yitzchak and Yitzchak to Yaakov, and Yaakov to Yosef and Yosef. The safer abrasion ends with Vayar Yosef, you know, B'nai Shilei Shim, and Gam B'nai Machir Ben Menashe. In other words, from Avraham to the end of Sefer Breshi, you have seven generations who have all been raised the right way. And that's how you end up with Ve'ele Shemot B'nai Yisrael Haba'im Mitzrayimah, which I'm going to discuss a little more extensively in verse 24. And the, 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 the wealth of the wicked person ends, ends up hidden away for the righteous person to, to, to get it. That would be an example of Vayasem HaMelech at Mordechai al Beit Haman. Haman was the wealthiest person there. But who ends up with all his wealth? Mordechai does, because Mordechai is the righteous person, and Haman is the kind of person who's always looking for trouble, like we in the Pasuk before. 
Choseich Shivto Sonei Veno Ve'ohavo Shicharo Musar. This Pasuk is famous for starting off the Pasuk Rachok for Medrash Hanchuma and Sefer Shemot. The names are listed in the beginning of Sefer Shemot because of the fact that they were Tzadikim and their father could be proud of every single one of them. Why? Because he disciplined them. Yes, he gave them strap lickings when they needed them. Nowadays, it would mean he took away their cell phone if they didn't do the right thing. But either way, the point is they were disciplined. And Medrash Nachuman goes on to say, you know, an example of a father who did not discipline his children, David HaMelech. He doesn't discipline Amnon after he rates Tamar. He doesn't discipline Avshalom. He doesn't discipline Adonio. And what was what happened to David in the end, according to Medrash Tanchuma? Mizmala David Bavarcho Mipne Avshalom Bano Hashem Marabutsarai Rabim Kamimalai. When your sons are out to get you, that's worse than all the enemies in the world. Why did that happen to him? Because he refused to discipline them. Sadik Ochel is Hovan of Show, Ubetan Rishaim Texar. Sadik Ochel is Hovan of Show, Midrash says, that's Ruth. She was the person who was righteous, and even though he didn't, she didn't, Boaz didn't really not give her that much to eat while she was working in the field. He just, Lagam Show, Tashou Min Hatsavatim. But whatever she got, Vatochal, Vatispa, Vatotar, whereas the wicked, nothing is enough for them. Haman was the wealthiest person there. He was at the top of the Persian pyramid. Everybody bowed down to him, and because one Jew wouldn't bow down to him, Haman completely gets bent out of shape, not only wants to kill the Jew, won't bow down, and wants to kill the whole Jewish people. What did he end up with? Want. If you do the right thing, Hashem Ro'i Lo Echzar. See you tomorrow with chapter 14. That really starts a new Inyan. And my wife Brenda is going to start with Chachmat Nashim Banta Beta.